somebody, open up your mouth and give him a praise tonight. If you know there's a miracle in the room, somebody ought to lift your hands tonight. If you know there's a miracle with your name on it, I dare you to open your mouth right now and give God a shout of praise. Woo! Ah, yes. Somebody clap your hands one more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn and tell somebody next to you, I'm a miracle. Tell them you're looking at a miracle. And if he did it for me, he can do it for you. That's all. That's why you ought to rejoice tonight. Even if nothing seems to be going your way, uh, learn how to rejoice uh, with them that rejoice. Uh, my brother, uh, I'm still waiting on my miracle, uh, but on the meantime, uh, I'll shout over your miracle because I know uh, that if God did it for you, uh, baby, I'm standing next uh, in line, uh, and it's just a matter of time before God does it for me. Oh, if you believe that tonight and you've got faith in your heart, you ought to shout in the face of adversity. Shout in the face of impossibility. Shout. Woo. How many of you remember the wall of Jericho? I believe that one of the reasons that God had them march for seven days, God didn't need seven days to shake the wall loose. But for seven days, they had to march and obey the command of God and look while nothing happened and walk with no results and stand on God's word without seeing anything move or change in the scenario. God said, if you'll walk and obey my word, there's gonna come a season that my word will come to pass. God wants to know, can you walk in the face of nothing happening? Can you stand on my promise? Can I submit to you tonight that the power in their shout was predicated on the consistency of their walk? <laughs> they couldn't just show up on the seventh day and shout. God said, if you'll walk the walk, uh, then I'll get behind the moment uh, of the miracle. Uh, I just want to encourage somebody, uh, keep on walking uh, around that mountain. Uh, keep on speaking uh, to that thing that looks like it's not changing. Uh, keep on declaring uh, God's word uh, over your situation uh, that looks like it's, if you'll keep on walking, uh, if you'll keep on believing God, uh, God's about to step in. Uh, Tell your neighbor, your wall's coming down. We used to sing a little chant around here. Walls came down and the people went up. Walls came down and the people, y'all remember that? Walls came down and the people went up. Walls came down. Let me hear you. Come on. Went up. Come on, lift your voice. Walls came down, come on. Uh, walls came down and the people went up. I dare you to declare it tonight. Walls came down and the people went Somebody up. Somebody shout it tonight. Walls came down and the people went up. Walls, walls came down and the people came and the people went up. Hey, uh, went up uh, and the people went up. One more time. 
but I feel a little power in somebody's shout tonight. I know it's only Tuesday night, but I sense an anointing on somebody's shout tonight. My God, my God, my God. My God, there's a lot of Holy Ghost in this place tonight. High five about five people on the way to your seat. Just remain standing. Remain standing. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Just remain standing. How many of you have been blessed by the ministry of Brother and Sister Irvin this past weekend? Come on, how many of you are blessed by what the Lord did in this house? Amen, amen. We're so very grateful. If you were here on Sunday, Sunday morning, God showed up in an absolutely powerful way. This place was packed on Sunday. And I'm telling you, God is working miracle after miracle after miracle in this house. Amen. The word of the Lord came forth with power, with anointing. And uh, we, the Sunday night, uh, the Holy Ghost just took over and we never made it to the preaching. And uh, sometimes those are the best kind of sermons. Amen. <laughs> but the Holy Ghost took over and we had such a great time in the Lord. And uh, we are thankful that the Lord has allowed another opportunity uh, for Brother and Sister Irvin to be in the house of the Lord with us tonight. Would you help me one more time? Put your hands together. I want you to give a great big welcome to this man of God as he comes to deliver the word of the Lord to us in this house. Come on, somebody put your hands together and give God a praise. Come on, Brother Irvin. Oh, come on, would you give that hand clap to the Lord right now? Come on, somebody clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph in this place right now. Somebody lift up your voice in the sanctuary. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we need you. There's nobody like you in all the heavens and the earth. Come on, let the redeemed of the Lord say so in this place tonight. Come on, let's give them some high praise all over the sanctuary. Mighty God. Feels good in the house tonight, excited about what God is doing, excited to be in Fort Myers, Florida at the Rock Church. I will tell you, I knew this before I came. And I know it for sure now that this is a premier church. This is a fantastic church. I am so excited to be here and to just be linked up with you all. Everything has been top notch since I've been here from the basket to the quarters, uh, to the fellowships, the people, the response. God has been so richly good in this house and you are blessed with good leadership, love Bishop Williams. But I have found out what the real magic is, and that's in First Lady Williams. Y'all are so blessed with fantastic, fantastic leadership. It is such an honor to be here uh, tonight, excited about what God is going to do. If you would, we are going to get into the word of the Lord here uh, tonight. Give honor to my pastor in his absence, Brother Sutton. He sends his greetings. <laughs> and we are going to read tonight in Isaiah chapter 55, uh, beginning in verse 8. We're going to read through verse 11. And the word of the, the Lord reads, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven returneth not thither, 
but watereth the earth and make it bring forth. Everybody say, make it bring forth. And bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. And it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I have sent it. The help of the Holy Ghost, I'd like to talk to us tonight under the thought, storms of grace. Storms of grace. Let's pray. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your provision, oh God. God, I pray that you would anoint your word here tonight, oh God. Anoint my lips of clay, oh God. That your word would go forth to your people, oh God. You love your people, oh God. And I love your people. And I want to minister to them in this place tonight, God. I pray that you would allow me to do so, oh God. I pray that your will would go forth, oh God. We are so thankful for your word, unchangeable, immutable forever settled in the heavens and we all prayed in the name of Jesus everybody said in Jesus name amen you may be seated at 5 12 a.m. on the morning of April 18th 1906 San Francisco California was struck by a deadly and powerful earthquake most experts believe that it um, it exceeded 8.0 on the Richter scale though it only lasted 45 to 60 seconds, the earthquake and subsequent fire left over 3,000 people dead and destroyed over 28,000 buildings and rendered over a quarter of a million people homeless and desolate. It was called the San Francisco earthquake. The devastating disaster caused panic throughout Southern California and the saints of the newly formed Azusa Street Mission, they had just started about nine days before this. And they saw the convulsions as a sign of God's judgment and an open door. And they used that situation as an opportunity to escalate evangelism and call men to repentance. You see, we live in such a day right now where things that were thought to be safe can no longer be trusted. A day where being a boy is not sure, where a boy is called a girl and a girl is called a boy. And experts now say that there are 72 genders. It takes an expert for foolishness like that. A day where core institutions like marriage and families are being threatened and, and shaken. A day where love and conviction are being labeled hate. Where good is called evil and evil good. The world turned upside down. There is a great shaking happening in our world. But I want you to know and understand that what seems to be the epicenter of disaster... It's also the epicenter, epicenter of a moving of the spirit. What seems to be the epicenter of death is also the epicenter of revival. This is not a storm of destruction that we live in today. But I want you to know that God has sent a storm of grace, a storm of positioning, a storm of favor. What seems to be shaking things into chaos, God is setting the stage for his plan to unfold like a rose on the, on the, on the backside of a hill, beautiful and perfect in his eyes. Just like your life and the whirlwind that has recently swept into your situation and your life. You need to look at that storm in the eye of that storm and declare what the word of God has says. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will, I will. You see, David made that statement. 
at the beginning of the day, before he knew what kind of day it was going to be, he said, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I myself will take my will, and I will rejoice. Somebody right now needs to will yourself up in the middle of your storm and declare that I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises will continue be in my mouth somebody right now stand tall on the word of God come on clap your hands right now all over this sanctuary I wasn't supposed to unbutton my shirt until page three you see he holds it all in the palm of his hands. A sparrow doesn't fall without him knowing. There is not a wasted raindrop, but each one has a mission and a purpose. I'm talking about the storm in your life and the rain that you feel falling down upon you and your situation as you feel cold and alone, I want you to know that every raindrop has a purpose and it was sent by God. God has already declared that he holds it all in the palm of his hands and nothing goes or comes without his betting. Somebody needs to know right now that no matter how desolate your situation may feel, no matter how alone you may feel, God is in control and has everything in the palm of his hands. The whole world is his and the fullness thereof and that includes you and your situation and your worries and your finances and your babies and your marriage. Somebody right now give God high praise right now because we serve a God that controls everything. Come on, give them some praise right now. He said his word wouldn't return void, but it's going to water the earth and cause it to bring forth and bud that it gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, God has placed a seed on the inside of you. And when trials and situations, when they come, and they will come, when you feel the rain begin to fall on your situation, I want you to know that what God is doing is he's taking that water and he's watering that seed on the inside of you. Oh, I can't get no help in here tonight. He's taking that seed that he put on the inside of you and he's watering it. The Bible says that it may water the earth, that it bring forth and bud. I want you to know that God is causing fruit to come forth in your life because of your trial, because of your situation, because of the adversity. The pressure is making you stronger. The pressure is making you greater. It's shaping and forming you into what God wants you to be. So baby, don't fret in the midst of a trial. Don't worry in the midst of a storm. God is making you what he has called you to be. Somebody give him high praise right now. And so when fruit comes forth, inside that fruit, more seeds. You see how this works. This is not just about you. You see, your trial is not just you. I know it feels like you're going through it by yourself, but you're not. I know it feels like you're all alone in the midst of the storm, but you're not. And God is using that trial so that you can give birth 
to somebody else so that you can help somebody else find deliverance so that you can help somebody else find joy and peace here's what we don't realize so often Bishop Williams is that the most effective way to be able to minister to somebody in a particular situation is having had mastered that situation yourself. So next time you start complaining about what you're going through, at the same time as praying, God, use me greater in your kingdom, I need for you to bring those things together and understand that if he doesn't apply the pressure, he can't quite use you the way he wants to. If you don't go through this trial, you're not going to be fit for where he has for you. I want somebody to know that the picture is bigger than what you can see right now. And thank my God that he sees it all from the end to the beginning. Somebody right now give God high praise. We serve a God that knows all, hears all, sees all, controls all, and has it all in the palm of his hand. Praise God. This season is not a storm of destruction, but God has sent a storm of grace. If you'll allow it, it will thrust you into where God wants you to be. This is true for your life, and it's also true for the church. I want you to think about the type of year that we had last year. With everything that was going on in our world, it forced us to be better in so many ways. It forced us to be innovative and creative and to overcome, and it made us stronger. It made a lot of people circle the wagons and figure out what they're doing. I want you to know that God's church today is not diminished because of COVID-19, but God's church is stronger because of COVID-19. I want you to know that adversity is not meant to destroy you because you are predestined to win if you're in God's vote. And so adversity, only purpose is to make you stronger, to Calls you to grow, to make you into what God called you to be. And so somebody in the midst of your storm, declare the word of God. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. He will never walk away from you. Somebody, and we know that all things work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Don't fear, for I have redeemed you and I have called you by name. You are mine, saith the Lord. Perfect love casts out all fear. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Give God praise for his word that declares we win. We win. We win. You see, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so when you cannot see in the midst of the storm, remember and trust the voice of the Lord. You see, obeying the word of God is the thing that will bring you through the storm. I said obedience is the thing that will bring you through the storm. I thought the bishop was about to, he was all in my notes just a minute ago. I was getting a little worried. But I want you to know that sometimes you can't quite see far enough to make clear and rational decisions. Everything is cloudy. You're in what they call the fog of war. But you know what you do in the fall of war? The fog of war is you obey the commands. 
You listen to the voice of God. When you can't see, you listen to his voice. He's calling you, and he's told you what to do already. And so right now in the midst of your storm, you can't trust your natural eyes. You can't analyze it with natural resources. But you've got to lean on the resources of the word of God and of prayer and of worship. And you get into those places. You get in the wind of the moving of the spirit, and God will lead you, and God will direct you, and he'll lead you along the path and you'll make it through to the other side you see sometimes oftentimes God won't pull you out of the storm he'll pull you through the storm and so we get caught up praying the prayer. God, deliver me from this situation. Take me out of this situation. Give me some relief, Lord. Help me. Come on. Where you at, God? You know what he's saying? I'm making you what I need you to be. Who do you think controls the storm? Who do you think controls the rain flow and intensity? Who do you think controls the ocean? Peace, be still. God controls that. And if you allow it, God will use that situation to pull you through what you're going through because it's going to make you strong. It's going to prepare you for your future. God can see what's down the road so he knows what you need. He knows what you're going to need. He knows what you're going through. And he's going to use it to make you stronger because he has sent you a storm of grace and not a storm of destruction. And so you're asking yourself, how in the world can I make it through? You see, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Bible tells us that in his presence, there's fullness of joy. It's always available. You always have access to the presence of God. It doesn't take a church building. It doesn't take your friends. It doesn't take a beautiful day with a high of 75, low humidity. That part is important. But the presence of God is always available. You can ask Paul and Silas who find themselves in the midst of his prison. And the Bible says that they begin to sing praises and pray unto God, and suddenly, there's another earthquake. There was a great shaking. But you understand, like the earthquake we talked about, it wasn't an earthquake sent to destroy, but an earthquake sent to deliver. And it broke the chains of the people. Here's a part people don't preach about often. You know what Paul and Silas did? They went to the guard's house. They had revival. They baptized his family, right? And then they went back to the prison. It wasn't about being extracted out of the situation, but it was God using them. You see, they went to jail and prison to position them for that guard's family. I told you it's not always just about you. I told you that it's not all just about your situation, but God sees what you don't see, so why not trust him? God knows what you don't know, so why not lean on him? You see, that's the reason the Bible tells us, lean not on your under in your own understanding, but in all thy ways, acknowledge him. To acknowledge him is to trust him. To trust him is to obey him. And so you walk in the word of the Lord, and God will take you to the place you are supposed to be. Is this all right? Moses is born in the midst of trouble. In the midst of a storm, God raises up a deliverer to do a work that needed to be done. 
The things that are happening in our world right now are going to cause people to be looking for answers. And I want you to know with all assuredness that nobody has answers but the church. Here's an important, an, an important fact that I feel that my, I believe is true to my core. The world can only produce knowledge. Only the church can produce wisdom. And so when people around you are looking for answers and they're going to this expert and that expert, don't you sit with your hands folded in your lap thinking you're not qualified to speak up. You have the answers to the questions that they're asking. Nobody else is more qualified to you to answer the questions that the world is asking right now. Come on, church of the living God. It's time for us to stand up in this day and not be intimidated by the winds that are blowing, not be intimidated by the rain that's falling, not be intimidated by the coldness at our back, but stand up and declare the word of God in the midst of the storm. Somebody right now, give God worship if you know that the church, God is the only answer that this world needs. Come on, clap your hands right now. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so in this place tonight. In the midst of a tumultuous world, you can find grapes like Noah, Genesis chapter 6, read in verse 7, and the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both the man and beast and the creeping thing the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. God is turning his back on creation because they have grown so wicked and desolate. And, and the Bible says that their thoughts were wicked continuously. Things are not great right now. But in the middle of this judgment, verse 8 tells us, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. He walked with God in the middle of a wicked world, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of all of the terrible things that were going on around him. The Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The storm that we're feeling right now may mean destruction for somebody else, but when you walk with God, you'll find grace in the eyes of the Lord. You'll find grace in the eyes of an angry God. You'll find grace if you walk with the Lord. Verse 22 says, and Noah did according to all that God commanded him to do. Verse 7 in uh, chapter 7, verse 5, and Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. He was obedient in the middle of his world. In the middle of a wicked world, you can walk with God. In the middle of a wicked world, you can find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Obedience will pull you through. Ruth comes to mind. Chapter 2, verse 2, and Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, let us now go into the field and give an ear and uh, and glean ears of corn after him whose sight I, have, I shall find grace. And she said unto her, go, my daughter. Verse 10 says, then she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? When you are faithful to the things of God, you find the grace that you need. Ruth was way out of bounds of where her heritage said that she could go or where her people said she could go. But because she was faithful to the things of God, when no other Moabitess was finding grace, she found grace. She found the things of God. 
Because she was looking for those things. And she was faithful to the things of God. So this seed that we talked about. I'm going to read in John chapter 12 verse 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And I know you're looking at your situation and you're thinking, if I don't get out of this situation, it's going to kill me. If I don't make it out right now, I'm not going to make it. But I want you to know you've got to go through those things so that God can bring forth out of you. You've got to go through those things so that God can position you to the place that he wants you to be. You see, Isaiah, going back to our text, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not uh, thither, but waters the earth and make it to bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. When he says, so shall my word be, He's talking about the plan of God, the promises of God. So when those promises go out, they're not going to return unto him void. But it's going to accomplish the thing that pleased him. And it shall prosper in the things whereto it was sent. Look at your neighbor and say, that's you. You're going to prosper because you're standing in the place that God has called you to stand. Where he has positioned you to stand. Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. And I know we're having a little bit of Bible study. We're getting some scripture. But I want to pull this together because I want to help somebody here tonight. Genesis chapter 3, verse 14, and the Lord saith unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Unto thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he saith, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thou desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Unto Adam he saith, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the, of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed to the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thy eat of all the days of thy life. And so he, the curse is here. It's set forth here in Genesis chapter 3. But I want you to know, in the, wrapped up in this curse is a promise for us. Here's something that we need to understand about the things of God. Is that there is always a way of escape. There's always a way out. There, there's always a path that leads to deliverance. You see, we serve a merciful God. We serve a gracious God. And in the middle of judgment, in the middle of destruction, when everything else is falling apart, God always leaves a path that leads to deliverance. That path is going to be paved with obedience. It's going to be paved with sacrifice. It's going to be paved with discipline. It's going to be paved with obedience to the man of God and to the word of God. It's going to be paved with faith and trusting in the things of God. But there's always a path. It's never total destruction. It's never hopeless. It's never without answer. But God always leaves a way of escape for his people. The Bible says that he delivers to the utmost. And so the curse here that he places upon the woman, he said that there shall be great sorrow in your bringing forth of children. I want to quickly move over to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. It says, for Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in transgression, notwithstanding she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and holiness with sobriety. 
Uh, that's worth shouting over. Because there's sorrow in the childbearing. But there's also deliverance in the childbearing. You see, the road is the same. If you'll go through some things, it's going to be difficult for a season. You, oh, come on. The Bible tells us weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I want you to know that I can see the sun beginning to break in the horizon. It's almost a new day. It's almost time right now for your deliverance to show up. Somebody give God high praise because joy always comes. Joy always comes. It may be the middle of the night for you, but joy is on its way. Joy is on its way. Come and help me. Musicians. Praise God. Communication. I want to tell you a story here really quickly. In 2014, my, uh, my mom, she passed away after being sick for about seven years, dealing with a, a debilitating disease called interstitial fibrosis. And when she passed away, my... Um, my dad had, he and my mom, they got married when they were very young, 19 and 21. They were high school sweethearts. And when she passed away, they had been married, I think, for 30 years maybe. And so when she passed away, Bishop Williams, it sent my dad into a tailspin. She had been in church when they got married, and she, she prayed. She was a faithful wife, and she prayed and believed God for his, his salvation for many years, I was 12 when he finally received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. God's so good, he's faithful to his word. And so fast forward, many years, many years, and she passed away in 14. And like I said, it sent him in a tailspin. And man, he had been, he had been solid living for God all of those years leading up to that. The situation came and, 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 and he was just, he was lost and he started to be inconsistent in church and he was out there just trying to, just trying to find himself, trying to get his bearings. My bishop always kind of talks about sometimes when you get hit by a Mac bucks, a Max bus, you go in a tailspin and if you don't get your orientation pretty quickly, You'll get hit by another one. That's why we need the church. We got to lean into the church when crisis comes to us. Because we're vulnerable in those situations. And so he's out there. And he was not, he was not living anything remotely like an apostolic should. He backslid. And maybe two years went by of him just being out there. He had, he had a heart attack. While he was driving his wrecker, he owned a tow company. And he had the heart attack while he was driving. He hit a tree. And he was not, he didn't have a heart beat for about 25 minutes. And so they brought him into the hospital, and they didn't think he was going to make it. They said, all we can do is chill his body down to help his organs preserve and we'll wait two or three days. He may be in a vegetative state when he comes to. We don't know what condition if he makes it through. And so about a week goes by and he starts to come around. And he starts to recover. And after the accident, he had severe arthritis in his legs. And it, it was a debilitating condition for him. And so he couldn't work. And so it was just, it was, man, it's tough being a man and be providing for yourself your whole life. And then being in a situation all of a sudden where you can't, you can't provide for yourself. You can't do these things. And so now you're living in a, in a, in a condition that seems to be diminished. And it was, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. It was tough watching my dad in the situation. But here's what did happen. Is that that accident. And that condition, 
it was a wake-up call for him. When he got out of that hospital, and he, as soon as he could, he made his way back to the house of God. And I want you to know today, my dad's in the house of God. And he's living for God at a level higher than he ever has before. Right now, I want you to know that that crisis didn't come to take him out but it was the grace I'm I am convinced that had he not had that accident he may not be with us here today but I want you to know that God is taking you through crisis through turmoil through situations and trials because he is making you into the thing that he wants you to be he's trying to save your life my God she shall be saved through her childbearing Somebody right now travail in the house of God. Somebody right now cry aloud in this place and open up your voice. Open up your hearts. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. And somebody give them praise for your situation. I was praying today, and as you come to the altar, as we come down, and I feel like God gave me a few words for this congregation here. And it was simply, tell them that I have positioned them right where I want them. I wrote it down here, that's what I'm reading. When you are tried by fire, you're purified. If I take you out early, you won't be fit for what I have for you. And I feel like God told me to tell you that you are worthy of the process being made worthy of the promise. You're worthy of the process that he's taking you through. And that process is going to make you worthy already for the promise that he has for you. And so right now, I hope that I'm conveying hope to you and strength to you because I want you to know that God knows exactly where you are and what you're going through. And he's walking right alongside you, guiding you every step of the way. Can we lift up our hands right now and just thank him, just love him right now? Somebody give God some praise right now as you begin to pray and thank him for holding your hand. Thank him for being there. Thank him for leading you. Thank him for directing your path. Come on, God has not left you alone, but God is guiding you. I've had struggles and there are times I come on, that's it. Felt so alone. Some of my friends, somebody be encouraged tonight. They let me down. The storm's not to but destroy, but it's to save. It's turning around for me. Around for me.
It'll turn in my face. 